the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ready? It's time for Milberger's Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Milberger's Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road. Tell me. Here's your host, Milton Blake. And welcome back, or welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Okay, that was a little recorded, uh, but we want to tell you that we're live now. We had a little technical difficulty, so we're not out at the nursery. We're here at our studios at uh, Jones Maltzberger and 281. So you can give us a call at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, and toll free, it's 866-308-8867. That did well. What? That recording that y'all Yeah, played. actually it kind of did. You talked about all the heavy rains we got. Now, we did get some rain this week. No. Week. Why? How much did we get? Two-tenths or That's less. all we got with all that rain? All that rain. I don't know. It's raining around here. We'll have to see if Dennis says the airport had. I got. I got to use my windshield windshield wipers. Yeah, there were there were accidents on the road. There was all yeah, kinds of stuff because it was just enough to make this oily road slick. Yeah, but uh, not enough to wet your lawn or plants. So that tro- that show was very appropriate, nothing. Oh. So it's still true. <laughs> but the grass greened up, so it must have been enough to make the grass happy. The grass is greening up by itself. Oh, I don't think it is. <laughs> How much did you get? Or do you have a rain gauge? I don't have a rain gauge. Oh. Yeah, so, and I was here when it was raining, so, you know, we're basically by the airport, so I'm yeah. curious to see, you know, yeah. what. what I, I was looking at my neighborhood. Okay. And it might be different. It was, I was driving uh, to somewhere in the Fair Oaks area to meet a client, and it was raining 281 down uh, 1604 till about Hebner, and then it just stopped. So, uh huh. Yeah. Now, by raining, do you mean? Uh huh. It it had enough water on your windshield to uh, use a wiper. No, it was yeah. It was it was it was big drops. <laughs> so drops it was one drops or two of rain. yeah <laughs> okay Milton. we'll we'll wait to get our official uh yeah Den- dennis, dennis will send us the uh the report <laughs> all right al are you ready for us to take a break uh almost almost ready all right Let me I, g- the- I got i got some exciting news what's that <laughs> uh the peppers Oh, and, yeah. And at Milberg's. I, I just want to tell you all, I, I did deliver, Milton. Now, which ones? Because Calvin had a hard time finding some. Well, I don't know. Okay, so both of them, both the Rio Grande Gold and, <laughs> and uh, Lejo. Uh, and Hot Lejo, yeah. Hot Lejo, okay. 
uh, the uh, petunias are not here yet. Oh, okay. The pink petunias? The yeah, pink, pink, pink petunias. Not ready yet. Okay. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and tell you more. In the meantime, give us a call and tell us what's going on in your gardening world. We'll focus all our attention on you at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Hey, real quick. Let's talk to you about Tree Hugger Sprinklers. Now, this is the winner of the 2021 Pinnacle Award. Jerry and I were talking about watering. So it's more important now than ever to make sure that what you're doing is efficient and uh, that you're doing your watering efficiently and effectively every time. The Tree Hugger Sprinkler can help you with that, especially with trees, whether they're established or especially if they're newly planted to get them established. Uh, it's a, a plastic sprinkler, wraps around the tree, has kind of a jaws that uh, go around the tree and uh, then you close it around so it circles it and then you adjust the water so it either goes a little bit over and goes right down to the root ball or you can make it go all the way to the uh, the drip line too. And it comes in three different sizes, 7 inch, 11 inch and 15 inch. So it depends on how big your tree is. But uh, uh, you can get it at Mill Burgers. They carry it and you can learn more about it at treehuggersprinklers.com. That's treehuggersprinklers.com. All right, 210-308-8867 is our number, 210-308-8867. And you don't have to have it circling the tree. No, Jerry does, Jerry's does not circle his tree. <laughs> well, some some tree trunks, I got the little one. Right. And uh, some tree trunks are bigger than the circle is. So you don't have to buy a bigger one. All you have to do is open it up. And put it on one side because those yeah. squirt those sprinkles go into the point. So point late, later you would just move it to the other side. There you go. Okay. Well, if you don't want to move it, get <laughs> a it. Now the obvious and barely turn it on. The obvious question would be, then Jerry, if you don't use the full capacity, why don't you just use the sp- the hose? Because I I don't have to stand out there and hold it. Well, so you don't Calvin, have to stand out there and hold, uh, ever have to have a hose. While you were getting set up, Calvin, we were talking about rain. You do have a rain gauge, too. How much rain did you get? I don't, my rain gauge is, is done for, too. Oh. Oh. Uh-oh. But did, uh, did, not, not very much. Didn't, no. didn't Saul's uh, give away rain gauges there at one time? Oh, they did for a, a lot. Yeah. Edwards Aquifer Authority, everybody did. Yeah, I've got I've got one because uh, I had a small rain gauge out by my garden, and uh, I must have left the water in it after it rained one time, and then it froze and burst the. Uh, well, in our in our climate, with that the sun and the heat, yeah, they don't last forever. They last, uh, you know, the really good ones last two or three years. But. Yeah. Well, luckily, I had to buy salts rain gauge uh, on the kitchen table for mm, three or four years and so when my little one burst I uh, you think you would think with the if, uh, our relationship to Mark Peterson was worth anything he would it. get us some saws rain gauges I know there's some over there in the corner somewhere 
Well, I have to put a little pressure on him. There, there you go. Okay. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> But but my grass is looking greener, whether it's because... Oh, yeah, now is it your that gra- did it. That, that four-tenths uh, did it, Milton. Is it, the gra- is it grass or is it a re sprouting of your weeds, <laughs> your winter weeds? A re-sprouting of what? I'm sorry. I, I, Al, I can hear that when you do that. Uh, so it kind of makes it hard to hear, Calvin. What's that? Oh, I was just I was wondering if, if it was the w- winter weeds. Uh, oh, no, no. This is actually the St. Augustine. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, uh, remember, remember, even the part that I, I said that I scalped kind of low. Yeah. Oh, it, you scalped yours a long. I didn't mean that, to. That's why. That's why I was trying to get rid of the leaves. Okay. And, that's why. That's why you're seeing that green. Oh, really? Yeah. Because uh, you got rid of all that uh, stubble on top. Oh. And now you're seeing a little green. Maybe so. But that four tenths, that four, it didn't four do it, huh? Did a job. Okay, I'd like to believe. I, saw, I, saw, I was trying to figure, remember what the article was that I read, where there uh, buffalo grass. You know, there there was a question about uh, yeah why it's, we didn't utilize buffalo. It's the Neil Sparrows, right? Oh, and then but but there was a kind of a misstatement, or at least maybe they left out a phrase. They uh, did Neil men- say that the uh, Bermuda grass was uh, native, uh, yeah. along with the buffalo grass. He, he said uh, they're both native, both both Bermuda, <laughs> Bermuda, and uh, 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 buffalo grass. No, yeah, I don't think no. Um, Bermuda is not native. Yeah, yeah. but uh, that's that's funny. Well, when he he wrote that article, I, I was reading it a while ago. It says, Neil Sperry wrote in today's paper, why do I not see you recommending buffalo grass for lawns? It's native and it's drought tolerant. See, people have been sold that bill of goods. And Neil says, it's simple. Bermuda grass invades it. Well, that's the good news. When Bermuda grass invades it, well, all the people, all the people I know who planted buffalo grass, and then tried to maintain it in any way consistent with a normal turf grass, ended up watching it over, being overrun with Bermuda grass from the neighborhood. And. Uh, it doesn't have to be right next to Bermuda and, grass. Well, and it doesn't even have to be Bermuda grass. Any weed, a lot of the weeds are yeah. an issue. Our winter, our sustainable winter weeds just <laughs> take over too in that situation. Well, it goes it goes brown in 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 the winter, and and it's not a tight sod anyway. Right. So, so there's plenty of room for the. So I always tell tell the story about uh, when the buffalo grass came up came out first. I think it was before your wonderful article, Calvin, that you printed in the paper uh, and that I utilized in the light at that time. is wonderful, Calvin. I'm, per- I'm just not saying anything. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, the seaward, uh, no, uh, what's the one off I-10? Uh, 
not SeaWorld, but uh, what's that one out there, I-10? Fiesta, Texas. Fiesta, Texas. The entrance, beautiful entrance. There. Gosh, he's almost as old <laughs> as we are, and yeah. he remembered. Uh, the, uh, they, uh, that large entranceway that they have up there for that uh, fiesta, uh, they, they decided, of course, at that time to put in, uh, put in buffalo grass so they wouldn't have to water it or take care of it, and it would do well in dry. Well, it was pretty when it was, well, I don't know if it's pretty or not, but it was nice when they first planted it. But then winter came, and it turned brown. So what they decided to do is <laughs> overseed it with rye. Yeah. And that's a kiss of death to, uh, to uh, buffalo, buffalo grass because it, it rots it out or does something to it. Well, and you you notice, I think, every time you or I mention it in any of our articles, we mention that weed, that weed issue. Yeah. If you go west of San Antonio and you're content to treat it like a ground cover with a uh, not a not a not a uh, tight sod, then you then you you got something there. If you <laughs> cut it at six inches tall and things, but but uh, yeah, we've got we've got a lot of. Uh, a lot of examples of that since you were, wrote that first great article, uh, Calvin, exposing uh, buffalo grass. But uh, anyway, and we've, we've had several uh, instances where supposedly knowingly, knowing <coughs> per people mistaken, mistaken the, uh, buffalo, gra- uh, the buff- buffalo grass for Bermuda. Uh, talking about how great it was and how pretty it is and everything else, and they were talking about Bermuda that had overrun that thing. Uh, but in anyway, uh, that that happens. Even uh, Forrest Appleton had a planting at the uh, Jones Mossberger uh, Research System there on. Uh, Mm-hmm. And uh, he had di- all different grasses out there at Floratam, and and uh, and he had a deal of bu- uh, bu- buffalo grass. <laughs> and he called me out one day. He said, uh, "Jerry, I think we got a problem with our buffalo grass planting." And I went out there, and it was just solid Bermuda. You know, it looked good. <laughs> You know where it lasted the longest in the plantings during back in that period when we were uh, trying to. We, everybody wanted it to work, but uh, <laughs> on uh, slopes like with southern exposures, mm-hmm. full sun, because uh, Bermuda grass was not uh, real interested in that situation, <laughs> and uh, so buffalo grass would last. But even there, you know, rainy. We had a rainy year. The Bermuda grass found a way to get to get oh, in. Oh yeah, or or our, our other weeds too. <laughs> well, you know how tough Bermuda is uh, to invade places because there, it's in your flower beds and in your ground covers and everything else. So uh, on the side of roads and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty adaptable plant for sure. <laughs> it says uh, 
if you decide to use both, said as soon as you, Neil writes, as soon as you decide that you're going to water either one of those grasses during the heat of midsummer, you're giving the more dominant Bermuda grass a giant head start. <laughs> Many of us who thought buffalo grass might become a real thing for Texas 30 years ago. Has that been 30 years? I don't think so. Fair, we've, we've done fair, this, we've done this show 23 <laughs> or 24 years, I think. Yeah. Prairie buffalo grass was the one. Uh, not quite so, that. Not quite that long ago. <laughs> Soon found out, because Neil's up there, from which buffalo grass sprung over there by the Renner Garden, Renner Center, uh, at Texas A and M. But anyway, uh, soon found out differently as we watched entire buffalo grass lawns overtaken by Bermuda within just a couple of years. So. I hope Neil doesn't get in trouble for uh, writing that. Well, he didn't say anything naughty like you did, though. I d- what? I didn't say anything naughty. Well, don't ask him what I just said. used your article. Neil, well, you know, Neil and I supplied Jerry with the scientific <laughs> observations, <laughs> and then he messes, messes just, up the language. I just had to put one it, sentence Makes it caustic and... <laughs> Because it needed to be caustic. Our uh, our colleagues, quit being our (laughs) colleagues. Oh, jeez. Yeah. uh, Some of our colleagues at Texas A&M thought that we should promote buffalo grass, uh, even though we hadn't tested it. So then when we tested it, we found out uh, that there there were many problems with it. And... Uh, inside story is, uh, well, no, I want to get into that. All right. Uh, 210-308-8867. <laughs> Give us a call. Tell us what's going on at 210-308-8867. All right. Okay. I, uh, I was excited today to get to the nursery, Melvin. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. It happens. Is that the peppers? It's happened a very few times. Yeah, it has. It's, uh, compared to it's remotes are... Disappointing. Remotes are difficult, if not impossible. Uh, my buddy Jerry King hated those things. Uh, <laughs> this, uh, I got a, a nice email from a pers- one of our listeners. He says, uh, good afternoon, Dr. Parson." You have me thoroughly convinced that I need Rio Grande uh, pepper plant, a pepper plant, real gold pepper plant. I live near Dallas, but will be traveling through San Antonio this weekend. Is it possible that these peppers will be available in meal burgers? We, I've enjoyed week, the weekend shows as a distant listener for many years. You guys do a great job educating all of us amateurs. Thank you for what y'all do. And so I was kind of upset this guy kind of old coming all the way from Dallas to get a get a pepper plant or some pepper plants. And so I called the producer, the uh, grower, and he said, uh, <laughs> he said, well, we delivered them to 
members this morning. And so so within uh within forty five to fifty minutes after I got this man's email, I wrote him back. I said, Man, you must be living right. After I received your email, I called the grower. He informed me that all the plants I had ordered were shipped today to Millburgers and will be waiting you for you this weekend. And they are there. I went through them because... Uh, oh, did you? Yeah, because I was looking for jalapeno, you know, the some of the hill yeah. jalapenos that we had talked yeah, about, too. Yeah. But, the yeah, the real Grande Gold Hot was there. And oh, the, no. How and many the, were there? Huh? Do you know, there should only be one at uh, one flat were twenty flat twenty eight flat. Yeah, there were seemed to be the, those were plenty of those, and then there then the uh, uh, of course there's some rodeo tomatoes. Let's see what and uh, what was the other uh, the La Joe hot La Joe pe- pepper hot. was there the hot you saw it too yeah okay good but I didn't I didn't find the uh, jalapenos that were that. Trace thought we had, but he, uh, oh. his staff helped me, but we didn't have much any luck. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad these are there because this guy's coming all the way from Dallas. Oh gosh, the, and the plants look good too. Do they? Good. They look real nice. I'm so. I, I continue. I said I'm so glad that things worked out. You will have to save us some seed for next year, since my seed barely germinated this year. Uh, and thanks for the com- compliment on the radio program. I hope to meet you in person this weekend if Milton can get the show hooked up when you come by from noon to 2 to get the peppers. He's coming on Sunday? Huh? No. Oh, he's coming today? Today. Oh, dear. That's why I'm ragging on you. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> uh, it worked out real good, and uh, he he wrote, uh, wrote back, said, This is great. That is great news. I will definitely start the North Texas region growing, cultivating operations with these plants. Please save me a few plants. I'll be happy to prepay for them if I needed to by the nursery. See you. Wait a minute. It says, see you guys on Sunday. Yeah, that's what I read, too. Okay. Think you can get us on the I'm, uh, I'm trying. Time. I'm trying to. <laughs> but uh, the, I mentioned... When I mentioned, uh, when I did call out there and talk to the grower, he said, uh, he said, yeah, I, g- I got some flats and uh, sent them to Millburgers, but uh, I got a lot of junk, too. I said, junk? What are you talking about? He said, a lot of, he said, you need to, he said that about two or three times, you need to rebreed that. You need to breed that again. Well, I'm not the breeder of those peppers. Oh, wow. <laughs> but uh, he says they all, they they come, uh, what he meant by junk was uh, uh, variation. They, they, would, they would germinate and uh, just to the cotyledon leaves, in other words, the first first little round leaves that come out, and then they, they would not have a uh, active growing point. Hmm. And uh, he says, they're, they're inbred. I said, no, I didn't tell him this. He should know. That's an uh, indication of old seed. No. Even though that was, seed was kept in perfectly refrigerated conditions, 
right uh, next to the half and half. <laughs> so, so they had to go through and pick out the ones that were viable for seedlings, oh, okay. from the seedlings. And that's where those plants came from. But after this, we're going we're gonna to depend on people to, um, to save their own seed. Save okay. us some seed. I'm going to try. Okay. i got to get some, though. Hey, let's take a break. While we do, you give us a call at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. We have more of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Don't forget, uh, we're getting into deck season here in San Antonio where it's nice to go out on the deck and visit, just sit and watch the sunrise or the sunset. And if that deck is looking kind of drabby and you're not really quite proud of it or you're, it doesn't look like it did when it was new when you liked it so much, well, Deck and Patio Care can help you out. Deck and Patio Care by Barry Hagendorf has been doing this since 1986, I believe. And they got, Barry is a deck geek. He loves staining, loves sealing, loves uh, figuring out how to make it look great. And he's right. You look at the pictures at deckandpatiocare.com, deckandpatiocare.com, you'll see the deck that's right on the front page, the before and after, and you're going to go, wow, okay, I'd like my deck to look like that again. So you just uh, give him a call and uh, say, hey, Barry, come on over. And uh, you'll find him at 210-822-9147, But go to the website and learn more at deckandpatiocare.com. All right, our phone number, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, or toll-free, it's 866-308-8867. Give us a call, and let's find out what's going on in your gardening world. Well, in the article for today, we uh, uh, produced the schedule, the uh, lawn work schedule that uh, is real popular with everybody. That's good to hear. And so we we started uh, this month with the work on this month and then proceeded to into the into the winter time to give, give everybody an idea of what what they if they want to address the issues in the lawn um they're they're listed there and uh, some of them are relatively easy some of them are are, are hard uh to address uh, I don't. Did you notice, Jerry? I didn't emphasize our uh, uh, sustainable winter lawn. Yeah, I talked about. Uh, <laughs> this is more directed towards folks that uh, have adequate soil and uh, huh? access to water. We did I did mention the that we're in drought restrictions right now in stage two, so that that's always a responsibility here in the San Antonio area. Uh, if you have a lawn, you'll the the lawn is the is the uh, gardening venture that uh, is most susceptible to uh, being subjected to re- reduction in water. And uh, so, if Dennis, you know, when Dennis talks about 0.01 uh, inches. Uh, instead of point oh two inches, you know, you've got, <laughs> then we're we're faced with that. 
He did. I think he did send a report for the uh, at latest rain. Jerry's <laughs> Jerry's made a face at me. <laughs> he, he Jerry does not uh, define point oh two inches as a, no. as a real rain, especially with a win- on a windy day. The uh, let's see, I saw who oh at the certified butterfly garden there at Millburgers. Did you see? Um, they have the they had the uh, Greg's. Mm-hmm. Purple. Mary was bragging about that. Yeah, Mary. Yeah, Mary made all, everybody look at it. Jerry, you probably what missed is it. it. Pur- the purple. Uh, um, our, our the poppy. Very, poppy. Oh, she's oh, got okay. it. Yeah, now it that's volunteered a, in the garden. That's defi- definitely purple. It volunteered in the garden. That's what Mary said. She didn't plant it. Oh. Oh, but she did last year. Oh, I mean, did she? Seed, oh, okay. Uh, then it then it receded. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now in my yard. Uh, I got. I'm, I'm watching closely, but mo- mostly the uh, reds. E- even the areas where the per- where the mm-hmm. maroons mm-hmm. did pretty well are inclined towards yeah red to, to the red. Yeah, Boy, some, some look, people they, uh, think they that nice, think so. that red is maroon. You know, that have had a I didn't lot of experience. I didn't find maroon. any. Uh, Orange, so Milton. No, I was looking. For I think I saw some orange in uh, Castroville <laughs> last week. I went on Saturday. Yeah, to uh, to check them out, and there's the well, poppy. You should have put a ribbon around them, and uh, <laughs> and gone back after the seed. Oh, right? that's a good idea, but I didn't do that. I didn't think to do that, Milton. They, oh well, these are these are not these are. But these but are, they, these uh, are oh, he's going to show us. Yeah, that's definitely that's not red. maroon. Yeah, that's red. Did is this? Those, for, those, is are, those are California poppies. Aren't yeah, they? they're Castro. I like to call them Castroville poppies. Okay. Castroville poppies. Yeah, they're from seed. John Thomas sells some seed. Well, and also in the certified butterfly garden, we've talked a lot about the blue curl, uh, and uh, there are a lot of there's a lot of blue curl in there. Blooming. So, if anybody wants to see what that looks like, uh, come come on into Milberger's and take a look. There's still, in terms of the butterfly, uh, the monarch uh, issues. Uh, there's still some of the purple, uh, purple uh, porterweed. I keep mm-hmm. watching for the red again. Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> they, some of that'll show up. I think everybody likes the red. Well, I, I like the the purple too, but but it's funny how you get uh, much more content with the purple after you have a nice <laughs> s- a number of uh, reds that are are blooming. There you the go. Storm too. Uh, 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 be speaking of the drought, uh, <laughs> I uh, I did a search on uh, plantanswers dot com. For uh, drought, uh, how to water during a dry period or drought, if you want to call it that, and I put the to- I put the uh, topics of the month in the topics of the month on the front page of PlantAnswers.com, and I've got uh, th- uh, three selections there, 
drought-tolerant plant establishment and deep watering during a drought, number one. How do, you, do I water my yard trees during this severe drought, except at Milton's house? Uh, winter watering during a drought. And I thought I was going to have trouble finding articles on that on Plant Astrid. But all of those were written uh, on August 2011. 2011, all wow. of those. <laughs> with, with a lot of pictures. And while I was looking, Milton, look what I found. Lo and behold, oh. there's a step-by-step -step pictures of how to make a Bex blaster. Cool. <laughs> what? what is that, Milton? Is the it? Bex blaster, remember? <laughs> who, who made those for us originally? Malcolm. Malcolm made them for us originally? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, uh, and that I was his idea. I forget why. No, oh. I know. But remember, we had like you had one, Calvin had one, yeah. I had one. He he made them for us. Okay. I, think, I think I don't remember, but uh, that's been a few years, Milton. Two thousand eleven. Yeah, it's more than a decade ago. Good Lord, no wonder I don't remember. <laughs> but anyway, I found those articles. It was one interesting and wonderful. And uh, yeah, well, that's a you know that. Another illustration, too, of uh, all the things that are uh, useful that are on plantanswers.com. Yeah. You know, we said we every single show and every most of my articles I mention, you know, go, if you want more information, yeah. go to plantanswers.com. And it's, it's worthwhile for uh, folks just generally interested in gardening in the San Antonio area, successful gardening, yeah. and gardening with uh, water conservation, and, mm -hmm. and to go to plantanswers.com mm -hmm. because that, that's, what there's, that's where a lot of the answers are <laughs> to the questions that are important to us as gardeners here. And it works well for us who have fading memories, right? Yeah. Like who would that be? <laughs> Cal Calvin doesn't remember who has. Yeah, yeah he doesn't remember. <laughs> I found I found an interesting article uh, again written in uh, 2011, and uh, let's see where's Cal Calvin. Oh, here you go. Uh, start. Uh, we were talking about uh, last weekend about how to test whether your plant needs water or not. And uh, so uh, I find this article is written by the uh, Texas Forest Service. Yeah, t uh, Texas, well, Texas Forest Service, yeah. And uh, <laughs> the, uh, this guy, uh, you know, Calvin was talking last weekend about uh, uh, digging around the plant a little bit and uh, seeing if it's any moisture there. And uh, they, they recommend uh, using a screwdriver. It says use your six to eight inch screwdriver to test to see if you need to rewater. Okay, six, and they mentioned that several times. Well, I think, Jerry, we, 
They're they're a little more conservative. Sounds like they're talking about some of their trees that yeah. have been there for a while. Yeah, we're mostly talking about things that just have, been are in the soil. Yeah. Well, that's what I was getting ready to say. About two inches or three inches of soil. <laughs> Test your soil with a screwdriver blade. If it doesn't go six to eight inches into the soil, it's time to deeply water. Well, the bad news is I have to have a jackhammer to go six no. to eight inches. <laughs> I, can't put a, I can't put a screwdriver <laughs> in six to eight inches. Well, and that, So and I that, guess that must mean I would need water. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, that, and that's one of the issues, too, for <laughs> the, the plants we've talking about because they don't have a soil reservoir. Right. right. They've got a limited root system, so they have to get access to additions of water. <laughs> Especially when the the rains are not coming like they aren't right now. Uh, uh, right. Even at Milton's. Yep. To, uh, at me, me, even Milton's 0. 0.02 inches. <laughs> yeah, I think I got more. But uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break and come back in a moment. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Call us. We're back with Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls. On 9.30 a.m., The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Well, Dennis, I apologize to you. I hadn't realized that by 8 o'clock this morning, Dennis had sent me something. And Dennis said that um, we uh, got, in February, in April so far, 0.29. Point two nine. Two inches and some change for the whole year. Yeah. For the year. I was thinking thinking you were saying two inches for April. No, no. Point two nine for April April so far. Yeah. Now, next week, I know I looked at the thing and it looked. uh, Well, Monday. Forty percent. Yeah, it's 30% tomorrow, 80% Monday. Hey, stop, stop doing that. You're making it not real. <laughs> People are blaming you on your not, negativity. I'm, I'm so discouraged. I'm not believing it. Well, you remember. Tomorrow hour we're going to do cold, rain songs. There's a cold front make coming it rain. through. There's a front coming through. Do you, do you remember uh, was years back when Steve Brown was doing yeah. was working closely with us and, we're, and also doing the weather? And I started teasing him about a, a drought. And that was a mistake. <laughs> you know, he just he kind of sat, sat me down and had a serious talk with me how important that rain was and that he yeah. was trying hard to keep people interested oh, and involved okay. and explain why, what the drought meant and everything. I thought, sorry, Steve. <laughs> 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 Yeah, those, but those, those I, I, I guess I understand that, that if you're if you're uh, you get to feel like you're responsible for something as important as the rain. Yeah, but we're not responsible for it. <laughs> yeah, we're not responsible for it. Never. Okay, it's a god thing. Yes, it is. <laughs> anyway, speaking of <laughs> speaking of something, uh, I got a note from Steve Haley. Uh, last Sunday at one fifty-five, that was just right after our show. Or our show was in it, and uh, I think that's Drip Steve. Oh, okay. Steve Haley. 
Didn't they have a band or a group called Haley? There's Bill Haley. Bill Haley, yeah. I that must have been his dad. May I, you know, you're starting rumors again. <laughs> anyway, he writes, My Tatuma is about a foot long. Been watering it twice a week with no rain. So he's growing Tatuma. It's only, it's only a foot long? <laughs> yeah, a foot long. Gosh. But that's early. I mean, uh, uh, I don't know when he planted it. So uh, it's <laughs> it's getting it. If you're gonna eat it, you want to usually get it before it gets that yeah that long. Well, but the yeah, the characteristic uh, growing pattern is to go straight, <laughs> and every foot they'll have a, they'll have a <laughs> one of the fruits, and okay. and you uh, that, that's right. Right, you want to harvest quickly because they get big fast, mm. and. Uh, <laughs> I always thought you had to have it be useful. You had to harvest it small, but you actually don't. A lot of people harvest it large, you know, make hot mm-hmm. dishes out of it that they oh, yeah. freeze the cal- and all kinds cal- of things. Calabasca? Calabasca? Yeah. Calabasa. Huh? Calabasa. Okay. Calabasa, you can it's do it. It's good to have a Yeah, language. he's from Tennessee, you know. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just call it squash in Tennessee, but... Uh. Uh, but that was... Uh, it's fun to t- tease Jerry about his accent, but my wife used to be impatient Uh-oh. With, with me because, you know, she grew up in uh, South Africa, and mm-hmm. she spoke French and German and <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, fr- South African and Eng- English, of course. And I couldn't even, on my peach orchard, they used to g- giggle at me, My the staff did, because I couldn't follow the Spanish speaking even, <laughs> even though they worked with me for all these years, you know, and I, she said she just thought that was so pathetic, you know that <laughs> surely I must be making that up, you know that how could anybody be uh involved with uh, folks or a, a language and not uh, pick up more of it? Yeah. There are some of us that aren't very skillful. <laughs> we were uh I would tell the story of uh, my son that took took Spanish and in high school and took took several courses of Spanish. So uh, we were out at uh, Versus planting tomatoes <laughs> and uh, uh, so, uh, using some help out there. And uh, the, we would put the transplants in, and uh, I had my truck at one end, of the, one end of the planting row, which was away from the water source. And so I, deci- I, told, I decided to take uh, the ones that were pers- people that were planting take them around uh, the field in my truck so they could get some water. And so I told Jeremy, I said, tell them to get in the truck, get in the back of the truck, and we go get some water. And Jeremy looked at him and said, get in the truck, we'll go get some water. <laughs> All that money I spent on his Spanish lesson, nothing, no, went to nothing. You could have done that. <laughs> I know. That's so, that's so sad, Milton, that you, you have to put up with both Jerry and I that are pathetic with languages. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> well, to, to, to talk about how, how sensitive I am about languages, the reason I 
when I started to work on my Ph.D., I looked at colleges and universities that didn't have a language requirement. And Kansas State was one of them. Uh, Texas A&M used to require uh, language uh, in their program, but I don't think they do anymore. Anyway. Well, I fooled them because I was a, a linguist in the Army. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They, and they took a... They didn't want to. They didn't want to explore my Vietnamese language. In <laughs> oh Lord! Lucky because I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I was fixing to say, do give us some Vietnamese here, Calvin. Or? Well, Let's be I've careful. No curse. One of those stories that you and I have a tendency to repeat. Where I met some folks down at the coast. A lot of a lot of people from Vietnam. Settled down to Corpus Christi, yeah. and uh, it was uh, this was years ago, and they were were all excited about fishing, and they were yeah. uh, had the bait and everything. They started speaking Vietnamese. I mean, it just kind of <laughs> sunk into me. But then I then I started speaking to them, and I realized I was capable of spending all this time on one sentence. And I had to stop and re- reconstruct the next sentence. And meanwhile, there, people yeah, are they're... talking 15, 20 <laughs> paragraphs away. Uh, so so I, then I sobered up and realized that yeah. it was, uh, I was not any better now than I was. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, well, again, we, 210- we try, don't we? 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Calvin, uh, Milton sent me something here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Did I mean to? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You sent it to Calvin, too, about the stinging caterpillars. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Did Milton send that? Or yeah, Milton yeah. sent it. I sent it to oh, Warren, okay. too. Oh, did you? I think Warren said, if it's fuzzy, leave it alone. There you go. That's what pretty well what this person said. Now, last year we had them in the, nur- in the nursery. There, there was a big mass movement of uh, one of the stinging yeah. caterpillars across. It was, kind of, it was kind of interesting. And that's and from A&M, this, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the staff. I think Molly's uh, part of it. Yeah, the staff uh, recognized it pretty quickly. <laughs> The uh, I I was reading it, and uh, they weren't using my favorite name, Melvin, for this uh, stinging caterpillar. They said Fred. The stinging caterpillar species include the buck moth caterpillar, spiny oak slug caterpillar, hickory moth caterpillar. Saddleback, <laughs> saddleback, caterpillar, and I oh I don't know what that stands for moth caterpillar. Perhaps the most painful caterpillar in Texas is the southern fla- flander <laughs> moth caterpillar, also known as the asp or pus caterpillar. An encounter with a pus caterpillar is very painful 
and may even require a trip to the hospital. It, it feels like you need to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. So years ago, we've been talking about that. I did a TV program on this years ago, and we talked about it on this show several times. Do you remember I told you how to get rid of those? Yes, I do. Thank you. 210-308-8867. You sure you remember, man? I'm pretty sure, yeah. 210-308-8867. Okay. Give me a hint that you remember. No. It has to do with digging a hole. There you go. Well, Milton, is this one of the issues that you you want to encourage people in the audience to give us a call and see if they get any reports? What about the little guys like you found that – Came out of the oak tree and jumped on you last Saturday. Was that a? That's not. No, a that was. That's a. Uh, like an inchworm. Inchworm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it followed, followed, we always get calls from the ladies because yeah, when I mean, they go out in the yard under the oak trees, <laughs> that little there those little worms are hanging by a thread or web or whatever, and they get in you. They in, get all over in you. In your hair and everywhere else. But no, this this is a well. Sometimes those are the ones too that'll cover your yeah. uh, your house side of your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, so they're they're pretty unpredictable. If you go to Hardburger Park, they're all over. If you sit at their picnic benches, which are covered in shade, which is wonderful uh-huh. by oak trees, uh, until the little worms start falling. Yeah, from them. <laughs> mockingbirds love them. Oh, do they? Okay, <laughs> so I need some mockingbirds. Yeah, they're in they're in hog heaven when they're <laughs> those caterpillars are on. But uh, they're, they're, they're seasonal. In other words, they're just yeah. in the spring. I think they accompany the pollen. I was guessing. Which is it's killing me. It's killing everybody. <laughs> it's trying to kill us. And uh, when I go out to get in a, a car or a truck, the hood of it is yellow. Mm-hmm. Completely yellow. So the, And there's still a lot of pollen uh, in the air, I think. But no. There's a lot on the roof if you have gutters yeah, that yeah, uh, yeah. we have gutter guards and they're, <laughs> they're full of pollen. I'm surprised that three tents didn't get rid of all that it stuff. It did not. It didn't got wash rid of it. Some. Didn't wash it off the roof? No. Okay. Mm hmm. Smarty pants. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Three tents always washes my roof off. What well, doesn't does? do too much for the car, though, man. No. What well, washes your car off? Three-tenths of an inch. Oh. We're back uh, on we're, I think he's uh, being facetious. For, uh, as long as we're talking about caterpillars, I, <laughs> uh, we haven't, uh, haven't been seeing any monarchs. I think we may. Oh, no, really? We had a, we had a short visit to their early migration through, and then they're, I suspect they're— they're through on heading north to Minnesota and Canada and the and the New England area, uh, and then we'll. Uh, I don't think we had a lot of uh, milkweed and even nectar plants available available for them, so they um, they got enough to, to keep moving, and they'll they'll run into. I suspect in North Texas, the milkweed is probably mm. a little further along, so mm. they can start laying their eggs there and into that uh, the middle of the U.S. too. 
I was looking at the pictures that you with this article, and the thing about the stinging caterpillars is they they look soft. Mm-hmm. In other words, a, a yeah. child wants yeah. to pet them or yeah, they look hold them cute. in their hand. They attract the little kids. Yeah, yeah, I bet because they do. They look they look so affectionate. And you can hear you <laughs> you can hear hear those kids screaming. <laughs> Uh, and the people send pictures of them a lot of times, and you can tell the pictures because they're straight line uh, damage oh. on their arm where the where the caterpillar, those prongs, those mm. stingers go. Yeah. I got well, see, it, I never seen this caterpillar, but uh, look at what they call that caterpillar mother. The saddleback? Don't you think that's a that's proper quite appropriate. name? Yeah. Looks like a little saddle. Looks like it's wearing a saddle. Here, show Al so he can see it when you get through. Oh, no, well, you can show Calvin, but. <laughs> see the little saddle on it? That's cute. i never seen one of those. But anyway, uh, moving right along. Uh, like I said, we've got these uh, articles on plantanswers.com. Uh, and I was <laughs> from different people. Even little Davy wrote wrote one. Uh, uh, I don't think I used his, but we have a lot of pictures of uh, uh, dying or damaged trees and stuff. You can tell uh, in my yard I, I, that wonderful lady. Uh, I think she's from New Braunfels. Brought me that. Uh, Fanic flocks, and I planted one that I could reach with the hose, and one I couldn't. And guess what? Well, the one that has sprouted, has has sprouted and really growing, is the one that can get water. Even three tenths of an inch, it it as it's unstimulated. But the one that hadn't gotten water. Barely, I thought I'd lost it because it, it's just about now barely coming up. So if you've got things sprouting uh, and you haven't watered, they, they need to be watered to really grow actively. What's amazing to me is my uh, bed below the hill uh, in that it's in uh, and it's in uh, Turk's Cap. And uh, uh, plumbago, blue and white. And that hadn't been watered in 10 years, 10 or 15 years other than rainwater. But that sucker, uh, they froze back to the ground, and they're solid. it's solid now. Could come up and grow it. How but I haven't watered them. Did you say, are there flowers on them? No, no. Oh. They, they went to the ground. Yeah. And now they've just sprouted. If I'd probably, if I'd have watered them, they'd probably, uh, probably have some. I had some, but they're, they've sprouted now. They're, you know, about eight or ten inches tall, but no blooms yet on the plumbago. But that's amazing how tough that uh, blue plumbago and. uh, Yeah, it really. The the white's not on the market, I don't think. But. that blue plumbago, which Millburgers has sold lots of them, uh, 
went through the drought and uh, coming back looking good. With no they're, all, they're also good uh, butterfly nectar source. Oh, yeah. Too, so. yeah. Well, both of those, that, that's why I planted them down there for a Turk's cap. And I used to have a fire spike down there when I had a tree. Yeah. Uh, they, hum, hummingbird heaven. Yeah. my. Uh, it, they're around the stump of the Montezuma uh, cypress that died in a drought. So, uh, anyway. All right. We're going to take a quick break. While we do, give us a call at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM. The answer. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867 is our number, 210-308-8867. Yes, I know. Okay. I think think Al just plays songs that... that People have passed. Whose birthdays, (laughs) and then so that you can say that. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um... Hey, Calvin, do you have any thoughts? I've seen this headline a couple times, and I don't know if you're following it enough to, to have any thoughts on it or not. But talking about the, uh, I guess, the avian flu. I'm sorry, the what? Avian flu, the bird flu. Avian um, flu. Yeah. They're the saying may, maybe to avoid feeders, so avoid them gathering? or. No, I haven't seen that. Okay. Uh, um, and and uh, I'm, I'm just... Yeah, there... I, uh, uh, all I saw was kind of the debate about uh, what um, environment w- was the most threatening and what kind of experience they've had with it. And you know, a lot, of, a lot of times, the reaction has been uh, if, uh, on any of the domestic. Yeah, they, they just the the answer has always been just remove all the. Uh, potential or the, the those uh, b- birds or chickens or whatever it is that have been <laughs> have, have been exposed to it, but I haven't. I didn't hear anything about the can you eat the bird chicken? feeder thing. Can it transfer from? Is it mostly domestic or can it transfer from like grackles that are in my yard? Um, it could. Let's see. the The obvious thing was were domestic. Uh, chick, oh. chickens, turkeys, and uh, those, but but there there were. I noticed they did discuss some um, some of the birds, but they they didn't uh, go much further into it. One of the one of the populations that uh, I would be interested to see how it would be affected would be like the doves. You know, as clo- it does, uh, yeah. as the large populations, and but yeah, yeah, Milton, you brought up the the grackles too, and the yeah, is it the winter winter time when they get so close mm-hmm. together and everything? But I've so, never, uh, I of course I haven't followed that disease in past years, but uh, I've, ne- I've never really heard about uh, mass die-offs from grackles or. Any of those species, have you? No, I just, I, 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 I saw a headline. 
saying, yeah. but I didn't read the article, which sometimes happens, and then said, you know, well, that would be good, something man. to the effect yeah, of, of if being Dennis careful with bird feeding. If inclined to send us any of that uh, literature. Yeah. Be careful with what? It says what? So it's uh, putting a, it's. I, I'll, I'll wait. Since I don't know for sure, I'm not, I'm not going to say. Come on. No, man. I'm not going to do it. Come on, man. No, that, You've that, piqued that our interest. No, no, no. So... Let's talk about Dennis will send us the articles. And then it's just turkeys and stuff, huh? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's a, it's complex. Should I not eat? Should I not eat my turkeys now? No, you're not. Don't you can oh. eat, eat your turkey? Stop it now. <laughs> I don't want to eat the turkey. It's something something killed it. That's just it's it's going to be fine. Just it's a complex you don't topic. Have a turkey topic. The house I love chicken too. Eat your chicken as well. <laughs> my doctor doesn't like the chicken. <laughs> yeah, it's because your chicken, chicken comes deep fried and yeah, heavily right. battered and dipped in go. gravy. All right. On the bird feeding, because uh, some of our sponsors are uh, rely on bird feeding as, as uh, their income and everything, too. So it's we've got to be real careful in terms of Making sure that we're getting accurate information. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was. I thought maybe you had read something. No, I haven't. Okay, yeah. but it, it, it just surprised me a little bit that it just seemed like the. Well, so can why you're... did it surprise me? We've got COVID. We've got the Ukraine yeah. war. <laughs> I guess there's a lot, a lot of issues. That <laughs> are strong. The oak pollen war. In, um, in lieu of accurate information, Milton, we'll take yours. No. No, I'm not going to do it. Talk about something else. 210-308-8867. Speaking of birds, uh, we mentioned it a couple of weekends ago, I guess. But uh, two-tenths or three-tenths of an inch of water, rain, not going feed up, uh, fill up your uh, water, your bird, bird, bird bath. bath. So you need to be putting water in that. Uh, the... Well, we're feeding our neighborhood cats. Jeremy loves cats. And uh, we've got a water bowl out there, and we've got a, uh, a food bowl out there for cat food, dog food, really. But uh, the animals are coming to the water more than mm-hmm. they are the food feed. Yeah. And uh, they pretty well empty that water every day. Every day. I have to fill the water up every day. So uh, I, I imagine the birds are the same way, except if if you got three tents in your neighborhood, <laughs> you'll be okay. I guess. You don't think my feeders, my my your my, birds, my little trough, my uh, <laughs> I can't think of it now. My bird bath. Oh is yeah, full with my three tenths of an inch of water. Yeah, I don't think it's no, going to I wouldn't fill up. Okay. <laughs> So keep that in mind. That's the birds are thirsty too. Ah, sorry. How do how does do you have a discussion with Jer- Jeremy about the uh, the cats versus the you, you know when you when you explore wh- uh, what are the causes of the population reductions in birds? One of the issues that comes up are the are the those. Uh, what are the cats called that are, don't have a oh, feral. feral feral cats? Yeah, they they have a, a significant impact on it, on uh, especially those ground birds that ground nesters yeah, that yeah. we talk about. 
in my neighbor, I, the reason I bring that up because in my neighborhood it is, is a, it's a, quite a discussion between coyotes uh, <laughs> and the and the cats. Coyotes and, will take care of the cats. Yeah, well that that. You, you know, then you, you you quickly realize that uh, how much affection people have for cats. Oh yeah, yeah. too. Good time. Yeah, when they, you know, if you don't, if they say, well, or somebody says, well, just leave it to the coyotes. Yeah, woofta. That gets uh, that somebody who you've never heard from before <laughs> sir, saying. I feed the cats I have for 20 years. Uh-huh. I don't... I love the cats. What time are you feeding the coyotes, too? <laughs> <laughs> Fatten those cats up for the coyotes. <laughs> I guess the good news is that the it's uh, not... It's against the law to, to be killing either one unless you've got a real serious justification. <laughs> yeah, that's... You know, this is a city, see... And I was raised in the country, and we had, used to, uh, cats could can book, they're good up to a certain number, but when they they breed pretty fast. And so I I had a friend a friend of ours of the families, in the Nutbush, Tennessee. That you you know who's from Nutbush? Huh? No, I know the do song. Do you know who's from Nutbush? I do not. Tell us. Uh, Tina Turner. Turner. That's what I was wondering. Look at this with, guy. With Nutbush City Limits, yeah. Yeah. We can play that next. <laughs> no, we won't. We won't. We're <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but anyway uh, he lived in Nutbush, and he had, had a barn and had a lot of cats. And when the cats got too thick to cause a problem. You know, I don't know if I want to hear the rest of the story. Uh, the cats had a... A tendency to run up and down a, a privacy fence that they had there. I definitely do not want to hear the end of the story. <laughs> hey, can you, he, have you got a little button here? Yeah, yeah, can you can you kill he, that mic? Yeah. He yeah. had a two seventy model rifle. Uh huh. And he was a good shot. So when his family was off somewhere, oh, we'd have a cat then. This is just sad. <laughs> Well, but they do. I know that Calvin's point uh, is I've heard that mentioned before. Is they do damage to the bird populations, and what, I, I presume they do positive damage to the rodent populations. Oh yeah, yeah, they're good for rats and mice. Now, the, 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 the thing that the thing I don't quite understand is why, why seems like they they could be they could handle the squirrels, but they don't seem to. Catch yeah. any of the squirrels? No, and I have testified to those squirrels have got real sharp claws. On <laughs> yes, <their feet>. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the, the squirrels even defy Cooper's hawks. <laughs> oh, is that in, right? In my, in my neighborhood, yeah. It's, wow, those squirrels. It's almost are like good. sometimes, you know, they're um, feeling ornery today, so I'm going to go, go out there and. <laughs> Right in the middle of the bird feeder, even though there's a Cooper's hawk up there, and of course the Cooper hawk gets all in a tizzy, but the, the squirrel is as big as the Cooper's hawk. Yeah, 
Our possum has learned now to leave our dog alone. <laughs> it no longer plays dead. It now just runs and hides. Oh, so, it doesn't back up and fight, huh? No, it doesn't fight, doesn't play dead, because when it played dead last time, it got picked up by the neck and, and tossed back and forth. And, uh, has it got a rac- have you got a raccoon? Uh, we presume we do, yes. Now they'll take on a dog. I know, that's what back I don't up want. And take him if they're cornered. Yeah, they, if they're they, cornered. Uh, they're, yeah. Quite often they're... Not interested Our in that kind sweet, of a battle. Our dog is sweet, I don't know that she's smart enough to. to figure it out until <laughs> it's too late. Anyway, let's talk about gardening. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Uh, every month or so, well, it's every month, uh, Forrest Appleton sends us some, uh, sends David Rodriguez and myself some uh, questions that have been answered in the past on PlantAnswers.com. Uh, uh, I had them look look up uh, how many questions are on PlantAnswers. Oh, how many? I bet there's hundreds. What do you if think? Not, uh, 2,550. 8,000. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Questions with answers. That's great. And well, you can, after And you can search those questions so. with answers. Huh? You can search just those yes, questions with yes, answers. Yes, yes, yes. But anyway, it's it's uh, Forrest could go through them, and he he answered a lot of those questions. But uh, uh, like the one I'm getting ready to to read here, it says, "Got uh, a question: How do I get rid of nematodes from a vegetable garden? Vegetable garden there." And Forrest answers, "Your options are limited." I should say that should be underlined. I do not know of a chemical nematicide that is labeled for use around those vegetables that need it in a home garden. Uh, they used to, Rudney says that, uh, there used to be a chemical nematicide called nemagon. And uh, it was for around... Uh, Trees and shrubs, like uh, figs. Is that what we used in the peach orchard? Probably, yeah. Early in the process, yeah, that was yeah. available, but dead quickly it was no longer available. That's right. It was. It was. You could use it. You could drench around uh, figs, for instance, which are famous for having nematodes. That's why when you get a when you get a fig from somebody, you want to root it from the cutting and not get a root of it unless you're really sure that it doesn't have nematodes because of... And, well, another reason to do that is that it's so easy to root. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, no a stem, so you don't need to mess with the, root, the, the roots. But uh, anyway, uh, let's see. Planting, uh, is, uh, planting of perennial rye, ebon rye, and tilling back into the soil is a way of reducing... The nematode population. It doesn't eliminate it. It reduces, as far as it. Also, the application of generous amounts of fully decomposed garlic material will assist the plants to withstand the presence of nematode. Now, what that, was that? that garlic? That's a, that's a good point, huh? What, what, what did you say? Decomposed what? Much organic. Compost? Decomposed organic material. Oh, Okay. And uh, basically, that stimulates roots and the plant growth, 
<laughs> and uh, it'll it'll it keep the plant alive. And uh, the interesting thing about it is, there's been research done that if you have nematodes, a limited amount of nematodes on tomatoes, and I guess well maybe peppers but are definitely on tomatoes, that it will increase yields. It'll, huh. it'll stimulate the plant to grow. So even so little is good, but yeah. a lot is bad. Yeah, right. That's interesting. Right. And, uh, yeah, I didn't realize that either. Well, but it's easy to to move over that edge. Yeah, too. I bet. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> all, you have to, to, all you have to do is grow one of the nematode-resistant and grow it again. Uh, adjacent to one that isn't, mm. and if you got, it really is obvious where, <laughs> where the ne- nematodes are. Um, so that that that's, that's the usual solution with tomatoes. You just yeah. pick our what BHN nine sixty eight, uh, Tycoon, Celebrity, uh, Valley Cat, Valley Cat. What's <laughs> four? Yeah, that's all of them. All right. All of those are, to, are good varieties, too. Talk yeah. to Lisa in just a second, but I want to tell you about Second Nature Compost Soil and Mulch. If you've got a project that you're getting ready for in the yard, you're going to add soil, put down compost, or put down mulch. And I see a lot of people in our neighborhood are putting down uh, compost. Uh, you want to call the folks at uh, Second Nature Compost Soil and Mulch. They're right here in San Antonio on Nelson Road. Lots of experience in the business. They're closed today, but open again on Monday. And go to their website, which is txcompost.com, txcompost.com, and you'll find all about them, including a project uh, calculator. So you can get everything measured today and go to the website, txcompost.com, and then you can uh, figure out how much you need to get. Uh, figure out, look at the website, and you'll find the varieties that you want. And then uh, they'll either deliver it or you can pick it up at uh, 8449 Nelson Road, over there by Nelson Road Brush Pickup, or call them at 210-960-6440. Open Monday through Friday from 8 to 5. Uh, But check them out, txcompost.com. Lisa's on the line at 210-308-8867, Hey, Lisa, welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. How are you? Well, I'm good, and of course, you knew you were going to get somebody that's going to call you about the cat commentary. Uh-oh. And, what yeah, was it? Well, I'm here. I'm here to. I'm here to speak my mind. Bottom line is that friend of yours that had cats in his barn. The they were there to do a job for him. Yeah. Kill the mice and the rats and the snakes, which is what all cats do outside, whether they're fixed or not. They're working cats. So the bottom line is, if he would have gotten off his butt and spayed and neutered them, he would never have a problem with overpopulation. There you go. Good job, Lisa. Yeah. yeah well, and this, then... this, this, this kind of conversation makes me feel like like I can't listen to your show anymore. Oh, because that's the most ignorant oh. thing I've ever heard in my life. Okay. Thanks, Lisa. Okay, thanks. Okay. All right. 210-308-8867. It's time for a break. <laughs> we got more of the show coming up on 
And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM, The Answer. And before we go to Jim, Jim wants to talk about sago palms. We'll tell you about Spider-Man termite and pest control. If you've got uh, uh, things that are bugging you from roaches to scorpions to fleas, mosquitoes are going to be here really quickly. Because of all that that rain? rain. Yeah, Yeah, they will, though. Summer and mosquitoes go together. We'll get rain and we'll get mosquitoes, I promise you. (laughs) Even if people are watering their yard, can't the mosquitoes find that? I've been yeah, yeah. They, yes, they can. Yeah, yeah. We even it. even old even the dog dishes or the yeah the cat dishes. Um, I've enlisted the help of uh, Spider-Man to. Uh, I've got ants moving on my oh. house. I think they're fire ants, based on them biting everybody. Uh, <laughs> but it's always it's always good to know because you don't you don't want to get behind termites. No. You you want you want to know what the termite situation all the time. You can you got a little slack with fire ants and other other insects, but uh, termites. Well, it is. Just, it's just too difficult. It is Spider-Man termite and pest control, and uh, they've been your web of protection to web of protection since 1976. That's forty something years. That. Wow! Yeah, that's, that's even more than us on the radio. That's forty-six years, I guess. He's gonna—they're gonna twice have... as much, Milt. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, you can call Warren at two one zero six five six thirty seven twenty one, two one zero six five six thirty seven twenty one, or go online and check him out at GhostSpiderManPest dot com. GhostSpiderManPest dot com. Jim is on the line. Wants to talk about sago palms. Jim, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How you doing today? Good. Good afternoon, gentlemen. So um, when we had the single-digit freeze, um, I had to cut all the growth off because, you know, they, they froze, and they both came back very well. So Good. we had this freeze this year, and I cut them back. A one has got significant growth, and the other one, there's nothing yet. And I don't know if it just delayed um, in terms of the, its growth or what. No, it it. The the first freeze uh, they came back from weakened the yep. plant. Uh, the one that hasn't come back yet, and I kind of yeah. doubt uh, if it's going to come back. Uh, but yeah. how how long it has it, has it been? Uh, did it's the, been the, I, since I cut those that dead growth off? Probably about um, three to four weeks. Oh, well, I'd give it a little while. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. But but uh, Jerry's right. You that uh, one freeze is bad enough. But we did did really well with uh, mm-hmm. uh, the sagos coming back after the one freeze. <laughs> but then uh, then the second one it took a few shots at the population. Yeah. T- those weakened plants, a lot of them, uh, then died even for, uh, lost more foliage and completely died yeah because that foliage well, was well, so they're tender very, they're, they're very mature because <clears throat> they're about 24 inches around at the base wow <clears throat> but when they both came back after the first freeze they looked fantastic and right. i thought that this milder freeze that we had it kind of was dumbfounded why i'm not seeing it come back maybe i haven't given enough time i do see in the center of it it does look like and i don't see anything protruding in terms of growth but it does still look alive 
Well, give it some more time then because yeah. it's a large sago like that, and they're, they're so uh, valuable and useful. How quickly did it come back after the other freeze, the first freeze? Hmm? Oh, because we had people that didn't have their palms come back after the, the big freeze for months. I mean, yeah. that they didn't notice anything for months. And, yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good sign then. And then is there any kind of supplement to the soil around and that, that no. may help? help? No. You, they're, they're, they're not. We, we don't fertilize them very often. And especially okay. not when they're in a, a challenging situation or they're they're trying to just uh, stay alive. So, yeah, don't don't uh, don't use some fertilizer until you get real growth, and it's obvious that they overcome the freeze damage. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you very yeah. much, guys. Thanks, Jim. Good good information. Good wait, question. Wait for a while before you kiss them goodbye. That's what Jerry says. All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. About eight minutes left. Still time to answer questions at 210-308-8867. We sort of mentioned uh, that lily that I like so much, that Johnsonia uh, lily that uh, is, is sprouting up now. And we'll probably be in have a pretty red striped uh, red uh, red bloom striped with white, and uh, they'll be coming up pretty soon. From and there are pass along plants, what we call pass along plants, that people have gotten from their grandmothers or or an older neighbor. Because they're kind of hard to find in uh, Texas nursery, but uh, uh, Neil Spare has found some at a southern uh, called uh, online. You can order them online uh, at Southern Bulb Bulb Company. Southern Bulb Company, uh, and you can find that online, and they're selling. So, but but they're hard to find. Uh, but uh, they're, I think they're the first. Uh, the Greg Grant told me <clears throat> they're the first hybrid uh, lily. First but they, hybrid lily. but they uh, they also are still subject to deer oh, deer well, damage. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 well, when I first came. What, what was it, like 30 years ago, yeah. it was relatively easy to find them, and they were growing. And uh, But, you know, there was kind of a push to plant more mm-hmm. of them, but gosh, it didn't take long for the deer to, <laughs> uh, to, to end that process. Yeah. Those, deer, those deer have kind of changed uh, the plant. Uh, uh, and uh, let's, just forest, remi- let's just remind them, Jerry, too, even on the um, plants that are on deer-proof lists, uh, it's a good idea to to go ahead and apply liquid fence, which is a, a repellent. Uh, I I say once a week for three weeks. Some other gardeners say Much once longer. a week for six or yeah. twelve weeks, <laughs> because uh, the deer are curious. Uh, ornery is uh, it's the same as curious, I think. <laughs> uh, 
And they, and they also, if uh, especially for plants fresh from the nursery where they've been pumped up. Oh yeah. The, the chemistry is is not as potent, and so the deer will eat at them and uh, terrorize them. Uh, uh, and <laughs> before until they they harden off, there there's so much damage done if you don't have the liquid fence. The liquid fence does a good job of keeping them at odds you know they don't they don't like the smell and um and even milton we've recommend Uh milton use the liquid fence so that his neighbors don't steal his uh, what was it that you know i think i'm trying to remember were they cutting off (laughs) the uh poppies or something yeah yeah. Yeah. hey uh jerry's got a a, on the line too another sago palm question at 210-308-8867 hey jerry you'll probably get the last question in today what's going on great um, I had a you know a great big sago and I cleaned up around it and it had all these little pups. Oh, so I, puppies! Yes, I had puppies <laughs> and I planted them, but I must have planted them too deep because all it is in the pot now is just one frond sticking out. Hmm. Is that the way? Well, Leslie, did you you dug them? Did you let them? Uh... Dry for two or three days, super oh, yeah. Huh? Right, yeah. They might be set there for a week or so. Oh, okay. How how much were you watering them? That that's the issue we had at the botanical gardens, and um, you just you just got to with palm trees in general, and even remotely related things like sago palms. Uh, the easiest way to uh, destroy them is to keep that soil soggy. You want it? No, to, uh, I didn't. No, I I didn't overwater them because okay. I'm not. Yeah, you know, I'm not notorious for overwatering things. But, <laughs> good for you. But uh, planting too deep is a, is another issue. You just generally s- set them on top of the soil and then prop them up somehow. Uh, okay. Yeah, some people just put the stake in there. Dump these out of the pot and just. Put them in there so that the little point is showing. Yeah, right. right. I think you, you. I think you probably still got a good chance to get to have them survive. Yeah, if, okay. if that if that well, that one's got a green leaf sticking out. And, yeah, it's, and it's, it's not that one front. And it's out. stabilized. Yeah. yeah. Then uh, I bet it'll work. Make have, it. I have one on the corner, and it looks like it's sunburnt. Because hmm. it just the fronds are turning yellow. Hmm. Do they uh, do that? The of the puppies, right? No, this one isn't a fairly well established one. It made it through the freeze, and it didn't really get any damage. And it came out, and all the centers were nice and green, but the older ones are all yellow, and it doesn't look healthy. Yeah, I th- I think maybe it didn't show damage from the freeze, but that's a sign of the damage from the freeze. When they turn the fronds turn yeah, yellow. Yeah, yeah. You lose a. Well, they they might have just uh, almost yeah. froze. Yeah, be death. be be conservative in your uh, culling and give them as uh, give them even the fronds that are halfway damaged. Give them as much time as you can put up with it because they okay i had another one and i had to like build a tent over it 
because it just couldn't take the sun. It really? just hmm. like it burnt. And you, generally those things are out in the middle of somewhere where they get full sun all the time. Yeah, it's generally the sun is not an issue with them. Yeah, and they do pretty good with shade, kids. even. Yeah, one gets a lot of shade, and it looks okay. It's all green where it, the new one came out. Well, you had you had two freezes, uh, a pretty really a challenging time for them, and they're uh, they're an unpredictable, a bit of an unpredictable plant. So you're just gonna have to kind of wait and see. Wait, yeah. <laughs> You'll become, an ex- okay. you'll become an expert before yeah. this process is over. We'll be calling you. Yeah, we, we may have to, yeah. All right, we'll call you later, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to say goodbye for today. We're back here, and this hopefully back at Millburgers tomorrow, but the show will go on. I'm Milton Glick along with Dr. Jerry. The show Pesson, must go on. Dr. Calvin Finch, thanks to Al, doing a great job. Thanks to you for listening. Back in a moment, back tomorrow on The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.